By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Cece. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam, then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Hello, buongiorno, everybody. You're tuning in to just another little episode of The Next Generation. Today, I'm very excited to take you to Frulli Venezia Giulia. Not just the grape baby we'll be talking about from the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 book, but also with our very special guest, Francesca Nonino of the Nonino Grappa. Yes, she is such, so lovely to have her on and to talk about all the good grappa things and more because grappa and wine, very close together. I know grappa is a spirit, but... We keep things dynamic on this podcast, so we're taking things just beyond wine, because what is grappa made with? The musk, the pomace, the leftover skins and bits from wine production. So closing that circle, which we will talk about with Francesca. Very excited. Uh, But before that, we are going to talk a little bit about a grape native to Frulli Venezia Giulia, Picolit. Picolit is one of the oldest native varieties in Italy, and definitely not as famous as uh, other white grapes, um, but has gained fame because it is quite a versatile varietal, and we'll get to that shortly. But it's particularly found in the provinces of Udine, where Nonino is located, and also Gorizia in the countryside. This Picolit has quite the noble history, and it was often enjoyed by royal courts of Europe. When it comes down to what it looks like in the glass. We see a bright gold color. Um, The body obviously can range depending on how it's produced, but typically a medium plus body, always high acid. And it is described as a refined wine with finesse. Very noble, Picolit. Her Majesty, Picolit. Terrible joke. Moving on. So Picolit produces off-dry to sweet wines as well as still wines and is often monovarietal, meaning one grape, making the wine in the bottle. Now, you will find piccoli made in the appassimento style, or like the air-dried style, where the grapes are dried prior to pressing for sweet wines. They can also be hung to dry. Um, the bunches may or may not have botrytis, you know, the noble rot. Again, piccoli is very, very versatile in this way. It depends really on the producer, but overall, a very important grape for uh, Italian wine history, more specifically 
the history of Friuli Venezia Giulia. And like I said before, talking about grappa, these uh, these skins and whatnot end up, you know, some of them in the Nonino distillery to produce uh, grappa. But one more little fun fact about Picolit before we go is that it has a few DOCs. Uh, so the first and only DOCG would be the Colli Orientali del Frulli Picolit DOCG. Then you have Colio DOC and Frulli Colli DOC. And those are uh, the facts about Mr. Picolit. Now it's Mr. or Her Majesty. I think Picolit is gender neutral. Keeping it PC. So I think it's time for us to welcome on our wonderful, wonderful guest. And welcome, Ciao Francesca. How are you? So happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to be here too. Um, so where are you calling in from? Are you in Udine right now? Yes, uh, I'm uh, in a small village nearby Udine Percoto. It's 15 kilometers from uh, Udine. And uh, it's a tiny, cute village that I hope you're going to come visit because uh, it's a place where all the Nunino history began, where we have the distillery, where there is my, I spent my childhood. So it's a place really dear to me. Oh, that's so special. And, and do you like, you're such a traveler. I mean, obviously, like with, with your job as the Grappa influencer, do you, do you get it to spend a lot of time back at home or do you feel like you're, you're away more often these days? So like, I feel like uh, there was uh, a big difference in these last couple of years because of course, during COVID, I, it was a period where I'd be home all the time and I miss travel so, so much. Now I'm starting to go back. Uh, uh, talking about the gap all over the world and uh, well it's beautiful I love it so much but I also feel like I need to recharge sometimes uh, at home so like uh, I've been to Florida Texas uh, New Orleans uh, in, uh, the last month uh, and uh, I will go back to the United States in July now I'm traveling around uh, Italy and in Bologna Trento I will go to Verona of course for in Italy Dusseldorf for Provence so like uh, Lot of traveling, but uh, I feel it's uh, an it's an enriching experience, and it's also it's really beautiful to see how you can uh, create connection, share um, share something special with people, talking about uh, a spirit. You know, in a certain way, I think that when you're talking about a spirit that represents uh, your culture, you're able to create a deeper connection because it's like you're really sharing something special in a sort of way i don't know if i can explain explain myself it's, sometimes it can be tough in english no no you explained it beautifully it's it's absolutely true because it's in your roots you know it's and it's something that you it's not just something that um maybe defines where you're from historically. It's something you've seen at the table, right? Like from a young age, like that's something that's always around. And it's like, um, you know, it's it's a way of wanting to connect with people. It's like, this is my thing, you know? Exactly. I think that's what's really awesome. Why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. One of the reasons, many reasons, not just one, but um, is that I want people to actually know more about grappa. And of course it has a major connection to wine, but like Italian spirits are, you know, a whole other world and a really important one. And also to see a woman like yourself really leading the storytelling on Grappa for me is amazing. Complimenti. Like I, I love it because as someone like I'm American and the spirits industry is still heavily male dominated. It's also International Women's Month still, <laughs> which is awesome. And, and not to jump super into it, 
but like, how does it feel? Like, do you, like, what challenges have you faced, you know, leading the way as like a very, a young, talented woman in the spirits industry, in the Italian spirits industry? So like, uh, thank you for this question. And thank you for highlighting that. Uh, I think it's, it's, even if it's 2023, I think it's really still important to be able to discuss this because a lot of time people are like, yeah, but now we reach uh, e- equality. Or, I don't know. How do you say that in English? Equality. Like, equality. Thank you. Equality. Men and women. Just like, yeah, theoretically, but in practical, not so much. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I have bigger hope for the future because I think that uh, in the younger generation, this is a, a really important topic and it's just like uh, uh, younger kids are not uh, willing to accept discrimination in any type of it. And I think that is beautiful. But uh, working in this business when I was younger, it was a little bit tougher because uh, even if uh, I have a beautiful example of a female role in my family, I had uh, uh, my grandmother, my mom, my aunts, all of them are master distiller, all of them are working in the family business. My great-grandmother was the first uh, woman master distiller in Italy, so we had uh, this type of feminine, um, female touch since really, uh, since a long time. But uh, I think that uh, uh, still nowadays, when you talk about spirit uh, with people, and you are a woman, there is this type of thing where, I don't know, uh, in, in Italian they call it, uh, um, oh my God, I cannot even say in Italian, but it's just like people treat you like you have to prove them that you are a professional. Like, uh, it's not like uh, they meet you and they, they know that you are from a family business as you're working in that business, so they think that, okay, so I think that she will be prepared about this topic. No, it's more like uh, she needs to prove me that she knows uh, uh, what she's talking about. Uh, um, and I feel like uh, this is a type of uh, a way of dealing that uh, involves more women than men. Uh, and like, this is the reason why I decided to become a sommelier at W's at third level, because uh, I wanted to be able to put uh, th- those type of titles on my business card to be able to be like, uh, I'm a professional. I know what I'm talking about. I know graph. I know spirits. I know wine. I study them because uh, before that, it was more like uh, every time they tried to make to, to to ask me tricky questions to be able to see if I really was able uh, to speak about uh, <laughs> this type of topic, or like uh, people were not even looking at me. Like, I don't know how to express. It was almost like I was invisible when it was uh, about uh, a professional matter, when it was about work. Or, like if it was about doing a chat or like uh, just share some you know, not important, non relevant things about the business, people were looking at me doing eye contact. Otherwise, they almost treat me like I was invisible. And uh, it was tough sometimes, but I have to say that uh, having the role of my family and the example of such amazing women working in the family business, I was like, uh, okay, I don't deserve to be treated like that. Uh, I want to be treated as any other everybody else uh, I want to be treated as if I were a guy like I, I don't know what to yeah. like uh, I want them to give me the same times of possibility I want them to treat me like uh, I could be a professional as well you know at least uh, at the beginning treat me as I was one give me the chance I don't know if I no 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 exactly it's like you know having an opportunity like to be able to sit at the table in discussion like it shouldn't be discounted just by looking at you and being like oh she's 
she's a woman, she's a young woman, like what could she know? You know what I mean? And having those associations, especially for someone like you, like you're saying, you know, you have this really impressive lineage of strong willed, you know, dedicated, intelligent woman leading your, your company. And it's still in this year, you know, you're, you're finding that it's like, oh, well, she, you know, she's just the sixth generation, you know, what does she know? She has this family business, potentially people could say stuff like that, you know, and it's like, it's like, Hey, excuse me. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, let me talk. And, And it's also, I think it's also just not even about like having as much chance, as big of a chance as men. It's also like not even, even looking at the gender, right? It's like, all right, here's a person. By the way, just for, you know, the audience to hear, but I'm, but I'm Jessica. Yeah. Okay. She is the Grappa influencer for, uh, but she also, you, you're a, a certified bartender. You're, uh, like you said, certified sommelier. What else? You, you know, you travel all, all the time. You're, you TED talks. You're, what don't you do? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, um, it's incredible. Um, and, and, uh, I think it's really important. And I think, it's so exciting to have more women leading the way there. Yeah, and I think it's thank you, thank you for everything. But I also think that it's so important to have a more example of women in this business because I think that is the strongest thing uh, you can give uh, younger women to look up to, just to make them realize that it's possible. You can be a woman and uh, be in this business and have important role. You can be a woman a mother and a CEO, I think that example is the, the strongest thing we can give because uh, it shows that it's possible. And I know that it can sound uh, a little bit, uh, how do you say, too much uh, too much of sweetness in what I'm saying, but uh, uh, I believe that we need to remember that uh, women did so much in just like uh, 60, 70 years. Uh, it's just like uh, we are the ones that are setting the the new standards about being a woman for the future generation. And I think that is amazing. And uh, we need to really get the chance and uh, take this opportunity to, to make the difference. Absolutely. And I think it also comes down to like, and it's similar in the wine world where, you know, historically speaking, women doing jobs that are more, you know, manually labor driven, like, you know, and more like, you know, working in a, a distillery, is um is is not an easy thing you know it, it you're dealing with like you know large forms of machinery you're you know it's a mix of science and creativity and all these things and like and but going back to the whole like you know concept of manual labor it's like that's what i love is is that like the wine industry spirits grappa it, it shows like how multifaceted women are and it's it's not that we have to do everything all, like always necessarily in the front of house right like it's like we can also be you know creating these things that, um, you know, maybe don't fall under this concept of, you know, femininity or whatnot. And I think that's why I love working in this industry, right? It's like, it, it shows just how beautifully multifaceted women are and how we really can do anything. <laughs> I, I just believe that the old concept about what is a female, feminine, what is masculine, it's, uh, it's too much of a big limit. I think mm-hmm. like uh, that, uh, there is like, uh, there is just like a, what you love to do, what you feel like you're able to do, what you you feel like talented. And I think that talent doesn't have any type of gender. So I think that we need to rethink about the, this uh, standard of what is being female, what is being male, and just being like, uh, what I can do with my talent, uh, what a difference I can make. Uh, and uh, 
and I think that these things is becoming more and more real. And uh, I think it's 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 a big 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 opportunity because uh, in a, like most of the time we discuss about uh, how difficult it can be for it can be the work um, life for women, but at the end it can be like uh, this type of standard uh, really hurt men as well because there are a lot of time men are not able to express themselves in a deeper way, showing their emotion because of this type of standard, what is female, what is male. And uh, and I think that uh, trying to rediscuss all of that will bring a lot of new opportunities and new talent. I agree. Yeah, it's exactly that where it's, it's not about, you know, your gender. It's about what makes you shine as a human because we're all so unique, right? Like I think one, again, another reason why I like, you know, love working in this, in this industry is um, in the Italian food and beverage industry is because it's like everyone has their own little, you know, Stellina in them. They're like, you know, a little star in their own way and things that they're good at. And it's nothing that's ever defined by your gender. It's, it's always like, and, and, and I think, and you're absolutely right. I think that like it limits everyone at the end of the day when you're assessed by that. And I think moving forward, it's, it's especially for you and the work that you do is, is reminding like, and I love that you, how much you put yourself out there, like with your face and connecting, like, you know, um, really connecting with people because it breaks down that, you know, that wall of like, there's supposed to be this kind of image of somebody, you know what I mean? It's like, no, this is uh, something I want to share with you. And hi, I'm here. And like, and I, I think it's, it's really exciting. And I know that obviously social media is, is, is the a major outlet right now. I'm not going to get into social media because that's a whole other topic in and of itself. And we could probably talk about that for another two hours. I'm really happy to see people like yourself just, you know, push forward. And also, this is like a major side note. When you were talking about your family um, and like the history, the generations of women, I have to say the photo of the, um, I, I think it was the... Promotion for the Mono Vitinho Grappa yeah. from like the eighties. I love that photo. It's <laughs> so beautiful. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. My my grandma used to say that uh, uh, Gappa is female because we <laughs> we are all girl in the family. Of course, there is my grandfather, the master distiller, but uh, uh, it's incredible how many women are working for this uh, for our family business. So, like sometimes uh, uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but like in Italy, they talk so much about the quote rosa, the pink rate, uh, and we. <laughs> My family said we need to put the blue rate because, like, <laughs> we are just girls. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, no, it's true, and and it's like, and it's so fast. I don't know. It's like that photo is just like everyone's glowing, and it's 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 yeah, it's mostly women. Then your that's your grandfather that's like nestled in there. Like, yeah, I think it's like the people are glowing because uh, they do like uh, you know one one thing that I love so much about Rafa and about the family history is the fact that. Uh, my grandmother and my grandfather proved to the world that what was considered just a poor, a poor spirit, a, a spirit created with leftover that people didn't thought and had any type of value, they proved that if you distill with an artisanal method with 
fresh palmas on a single bridal, this spirit that was considered just fire water could turn into the soul, the essence of the great put in the final class. And uh, they transformed this spirit from what was just a fuel for poor people, for farmers, into a spirit that today represents Italian excellence all over the world. And I think it's uh, so beautiful to see how passion, commitment to a product, to what you're doing, can make the difference. Uh, and I think that is like the thing that uh, makes you glow in a sort of way when working is not just like, you know, have a job, but it's uh, in a sort of way a mission of your life, like uh, uh, to protect uh, the quality of a product, to protect your family history, to show what uh, something can really be if you treat that thing with respect and love. I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, it's like the farmers knew something, right? I mean, we, it, it's, it's in, in the, in the beauty of like, and especially in Italy is like, it all comes down to, you know, the, the necessity and the creativity of like the, the poor classes in the past and like really creating something out of nothing. And it's also creating something that's ultra sustainable because you're not trying to, you know, create something new. You have to use what you have. And I, I think it's a really beautiful thing because it brings together Grappa brings together so many elements in in the um, I hate to say Italian because that's really general. Obviously, like Grappa is more from a specific area, but in in a sense, everyone's making Grappa now. Like even if like they're in actually, I was just telling you I was at a winery and they make Grappa and they I mean they make it in Brescia, but they you know send their pomace up there, and it's like it closes that circle and it like brings people together. I don't know if that sounds too romantic. But like, and I think it's, it's beautiful just to see the circular, how of a circular economy Rafa is because like uh, you take the leftover of wineries, you distill them, and you create this spirit that, that is amazing. But also, you do not create any leftover because with the distilled palmas, you can use them for fertilizer, uh, for heating, and so like for example, my grandma uh, used the distilled palmas we we distill for making grappa for fertilizing her garden and she grows these beautiful, beautiful tomatoes and she makes the best tomato sauce in the world. So you need to come <laughs> with us so you will have the best grappa and after that the best tomato pasta of your life. I'm sorry, I know that you are from Lazio and etc. etc. There's food there is amazing as well. But the tomato pasta oh, with the, the tomato sauce of my grandmother is just like unbelievable i will send you a picture of the tomatoes just to make you a little bit uh, more <laughs> jealous i'm already i'm like uh, uh books my trip to udine like right now like i'm on Trenitalia. i'm looking it up <laughs> that's oh my gosh that just sounds so yeah i love i love a good pomodoro a good tomato pasta and and so you said that she fertilizes with the pomace or did you say the distillate the distilled pomace so the after the pomace the pomas that were used for the, for creating the spirit instead of mm -hmm. the fertilizer. And I believe uh, that the tomatoes grow so big uh, and delicious because they, they get the, they grow with all the love that we put into making grappa. <laughs> I have this uh, idea. And I think that we will be able to prove it when you're going to try our tomato pasta. <laughs> oh, I, I, I will be the taste tester that. That's just amazing. And it's also so amazing because it takes that closing the circle, the circular economy to like another step because it's like the grappa already closes it because you're using the pomace, but then taking that used pomace and then putting it into the earth again is like the final, you know, 
step like that's that's so see i think like what and i know covid in a way with people being home kind of pushes forward more but i think reminding like how everything really does come down to to the earth you know what i mean and like understanding where everything like everything you consume comes from and because i think in in Obviously, wine is a perfect example of that. But, you know, looking at grappa and any kind of spirit is is even is just as important because people drink a lot. You know what I mean? And no one's, for example, like when people have a whiskey at a bar, they're not thinking, oh, where are the grains grown and how is this affecting the you know farmers and whatnot? But I, I love like especially with your work of like giving the educational side is seeing, OK, like this is not just a spirit. You know, this is not just going to make me regret what I did last <laughs> it's 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 something that is connected to you know the the ground that i walk on i know fall that's more romantic the ground that i walk on all right that sounds like a quote from the bible (laughs) i think that what what made me really happy about the nowadays and also thinking about future generation is that uh, for now people prefer to drink less but to drink better and uh, I think that's if, that is awesome because we're all about the drinking responsible. But also I think that uh, nowadays for consumer, drinking is just not about drinking. It's about experiencing the history of the product, the history of the family or the producer that made it, uh, uh, what that spirit represents. Uh, uh, it's about the experience. Uh, uh, it's just not drinking. It's just like sharing cultures, sharing emotions, sharing... Uh, history in a sort of way and i think uh, it's uh, it gives a, a lot of new opportunity for this business uh, and also to to brand that put uh, a lot uh, of energy into quality and into telling their story also to smaller brand i think it's uh, it's it's really beautiful also because uh, people that work in this business even bartender bartender are like so knowledgeable about spirit and about the culture they're making there. They really want to make you experience that product. And, uh, and in a certain way, it's just like, uh, when I try, for example, a cocktail with our grappa, it's just like I hear all over again, a different type of story about uh, my own product in a sort of way, because like, uh, you mix our grappa with different ingredients and you're telling a new stuff. I don't know. Uh, uh you put the, for example, uh, in this case, it's a cocktail with amalunino and uh, bourbon, but with paper plain, the amazing paper plain. You mix together amalunino and bourbon and alcohol and lemon juice, and you, you share together uh, a story of uh, Italian culture, of American culture, only in the same glass in a sort of way about finding, trying to look for uh, different type of taste, uh, equilibrium, gusto, bitterness, sweetness. Uh, I don't know, like I, I love it. I, absolutely. I mean, it's a little cultural fusion. It's like me and a cocktail. It's a little Italian, a little American. <laughs> it, it, but that's the beauty is it's like, it's like culture. It's like where these, you know, you combine these different things and, and it's not always, you know, um, you know, a homogenous, it's like bringing different elements together and, and inspiring, um, yourself yeah. and for you. Also, you know why? Like one thing that I love so, so much about tasting rapa with different culture is the fact that uh, uh, every one of us, I know I, I'm a sommelier, that was at four level, so what I'm gonna about to say is a little bit against what I studied, but this is 
what I really believe is that that the, the tasting experience changed so much. It's just like because um, it changed within the type of taste you experience in your childhood. So what we, you were used to drink or taste. And so like when I go travel around the world and offer grappa, people are able to tell me that are tasting stuff that I were not, I wasn't able to taste or they smell stuff that I wasn't able to smell. I remember one time I, I drink a Moscato grappa with this Japanese journalist and he was telling me that he was uh, smelling uh, green tea in it and I never smelled green tea but now I'm always able to smell green tea and so in a sort of way even when, when you're tasting with different culture when a bartender make a cocktail they're able to highlight uh, different notes uh, that you were you weren't able to appreciate and so it makes your own experience richer and uh, I love it because it's just every time that I travel and may and I offer grappa nonino to people it's almost like I experienced for the first time my own product and uh, fell in love with it all over again. And so I want to do that more and more. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's lovely. It's, yeah, it shows how, you know, grappa, spirits, wine, it's not just objectively what it is, like the aromas. It's so personal, the experience. And it's it's one of the most beautiful things and how, how much nostalgia, just like a smell of something can bring back of those memories. And being able to share that. No, that's so, it's, that's so beautiful. Oh, the word nostalgia. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I, 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 I love the word nostalgia. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It's just like, uh, it's the power of uh, smell, of taste. It's just like, uh, can, can it bring you back to your childhood into a completely different place? Uh, as you said to me, even before with the winery thing. So it's, uh, beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the only way we can actually teleport. Like we can't literally teleport, but I think those elements are the the closest we'll get to it. Yeah, oh my God, I love that. So yeah. every time you're gonna be able to drink a panolino, you're gonna be able to teleport into our distillery. I hope that you're gonna be able to come, so because you cannot teleport with the pasta thing. <laughs> I will now. I'll figure out a way. <laughs> um, so we're winding down on time. I know you gotta run. And I got to run, but I wanted to finish off really quickly with questions for you to answer briefly. If you can name a few spots, you know, local spots in Udine, if someone was to come to visit you, where would you take them? So like, if you're ever going to come to Udine, I would first thing will bring you to visit us uh, in our distillery. So we will do all the tour, artisanal distillation, uh, aging cellar, all the tasting, cocktail, woo, cheers. Then we're going to go to lunch. We would go to lunch. Or to Palmanova to experience the beautiful city star because it's called city star because it uh, is inside of some walls that are uh, have a, the shape of a star. From there we could go or to Cividale del Friuli where we would experience the beautiful medieval city and we would have a beautiful coffee break, cafe corretto, of course, with a slice of <laughs> typical dessert from Friuli Venezia Giulia. And then we would be able to go to Grado, that is called the Friulano Venezia, Venezia Friulano, because it's this tiny, beautiful city on the sea. We would be able to look at the sunset. I would bring you all to have, uh, to, 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 to have amazing raw fish and, uh, sardine sour, another typical meal from our region. Or il boreto, il boreto, that is like a polenta and, uh, uh, fish stew, no fish, uh, mm. fish soup or so, a sort of thing like that that is delicious. 
or I would bring you to Lingoldo to have the best crepe sandwich of your life. So if you have to, if you want to have the best crepe sandwich of your life, it's in Grado. Uh, every time I go there, I have a crepe sandwich. And then, uh, oh my God, then we would or go to sleep in Grado, just look at the sunset, do a beautiful walk on the nearby the, the sea. And the day after, we would go visit Trieste. Trieste, the, the uh, how do you say? Uh, la capitale della Mittel Europa, the Mittel Europa capital. It's just like this amazing city in front of the sea. You need to see the Piazza Unita d'Italia. It is this, uh, this plaza where you can have a beautiful coffee looking at the sea. And then uh, you can experience uh, this city that is a beautiful melting pot of three different cultures, the Friulano, Italian, uh, Slovenian uh, culture, uh, Austrian culture. And it's just like so, 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 so beautiful. And then, if we would have time, we would have to go visit the mountains and do some canyoning to experience also the river of Rudiverza Giulia that is they are so 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 beautiful. And then we would eat some more and drink some more. <laughs> also amazing white wines because our region is so so amazing for white wine. So like you need to come. <laughs> I mean, you just sold me. You're just like, we're going to drink and then we're going to eat and we're going to see beautiful things. And then we're going to drink and eat some more. And I'm like, I'm, I'm already here. It's already booked. It's already done. Oh my gosh. Oh, I wish we could sit and chat for so much longer because, but that's why I did book my trip. So we're going to, we'll do that some more. But <laughs> um, I want to say thank you so much, Francesca, for coming on the podcast today and sharing a little bit about your story. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And thank you so much. Like, uh, I, I really feel like, uh, this experience enriched me. So thank you so much for, for this chat with me. Um, it was really beautiful to have your point of view. Uh, it made me different. So thank you. Oh, that touched my heart. Being able to talk, talk to you was so lovely. And I, I look forward to chatting soon. And, um, yep, everyone check out Francesca Nomino on Instagram on, if you haven't, she's awesome. And I'm going to send her off to her doctor's appointment now. <laughs> um, grazie ancora, Francesca. Thank you so much. And please come visit us. The best club of the world and the best tomato pasta in the same experience. Woo! <laughs> All right, grazie. Grazie di cuore, a presto. From Udine. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast, available anywhere you can get your pods.